Hi, my name is Kevin Vichyasit with Wharton Fintech, and I am pleased to introduce uh, Iwan Kurniawan, um, who I'm particularly excited to introduce as I believe this is our first uh, podcast interview with an international fintech company, um, in this case, Moldalku, which is based in Indonesia. Uh, to briefly introduce Iwan, he is the co-founder and COO of Moldalku, um, an online marketplace lending platform or peer-to-peer -peer lender in Indonesia for uh, micro, small, and medium enterprises, also known as uh, MSMEs. Uh, they are backed by Sequoia Capital and are making a profound impact in Indonesia through small business lending. Um, prior to this, Iwan was a management consultant with Oliver Wyman, specializing uh, in financial services across East Asia. Um, Iwan, uh, thank you for joining us today. Yeah, first of all, thank you for the invitation as well. Uh, and for inviting Modaku to be the first uh, international feature of uh, Wharton FinTech program. Absolutely. Um, we're very excited to have you. Um, it, just to kick us off, uh, could, could you just uh, help our audience get to know you better and maybe a little bit about your background in, in terms of um, going on this journey of Modaku? So uh, currently, I'm, uh, as you mentioned earlier, I am the co-founder and CEO of Modelku. Um, the Modelku, briefly as a company, we first started in Singapore under the name Funding Societies. And we now operate in three countries, namely Indonesia, Singapore, and Malaysia, under two brands, uh, both Funding Societies as well as Modelku. And we're now the biggest platform in Southeast Asia, having operated for about two years. So my background, as you mentioned earlier, um, I used to work in consulting in Oliver Wyman um, across uh, the region, uh, mainly in Indonesia, but also in Thailand, China, and, and also other countries around the region. Um, interesting fact about myself, I, I have worked and lived in five countries and speak uh, six languages, but I'm Indonesian and I've returned to Indonesia uh, to try to make a difference in the lives of people here where I'm from. Uh, so just exciting journey so far. I think the main reason why I started this was because of the exposure that I've had at, at the firm uh, at, at, at Oliver Wyman. So very, very keen to make an impact. Hmm. I, I mean, so, so you've clearly found uh, this need in, in Southeast Asia and Indonesia in particular um, around lending, around financial services. Um, in terms of making an impact in what's going on in the region, can, can you talk a little bit more about sort of the lending landscape uh, in Southeast Asia and Indonesia in particular? And what are the opportunities and challenges you found and, and why is SME lending specifically so, so important? I think that's a very good question because um, when we first started, um, many, many, many folks asked us like, why are you doing this? Why are you leaving uh, the cushy job in a consulting firm and, and doing this? And I think overall, uh, the lending landscape in Southeast Asia is just one word, underserved. Uh, it's a big underserved market, uh, in particular Indonesia, SMEs in Indonesia are very, very underserved for three reasons. Uh, the first reason being collateral. Banks require collateral while most SMEs do not own collateral or, or have sufficient collateral for the amount of funds which they need. And number two, uh, poor data infrastructure. There is yet to be a properly functioning credit bureau in Indonesia, and a significant proportion of SMEs actually do not have credit history or significant history with banks, uh, making it difficult for banks to lend to them. And, and thirdly, there's also a mismatch in product and market need. So SMEs, for example, who need short-term capital are not able to get it from banks who prefer and focus on giving longer-term capital. So in, in, in a nutshell, it's underserved. But even in Singapore, even in Singapore, in a market so developed as Singapore, SMEs are also underserved, uh, but in a different way. 
So SMEs in Singapore are well served by, I would say, uh, plain vanilla products, even unsecured lending, but demand more sophistication, sophisticated products and differentiated offerings. So overall, underserved, and that's why I think uh, we can make an impact in this region. So you, you talk about um, this whole area being a very underserved area, but then you know, in the same vein being, being a great opportunity. Um, and I'd imagine that a lot of banks for a very long time have been trying to serve this area. Um, and, and it seems in the, in the fintech space in particular, SME lending is, is still very rare. You know, can, you, can you tell us about how uh, this, this idea for, for Modalku came about? Um, and, and how you went about building this company. Sure. Uh, so personally, it was a bit of exposure uh, at work combined with the, the opportunity that I've seen in the market as well as a chance meeting with the founders. So um, exposure in that, while well, I was at Oliver Wyman, I did strategy and investment duty work for banks as well as fintech, uh, during which I saw both the extent of underserved need in, in Indonesia, as well as the impact that a major P2P lending player can have in China. Uh, interesting thing that I, when, I, when I was in China, I did a work for uh, a, a major PE there, uh, and during which I, I, I was working uh, uh, and I could uh, working uh, on behalf of them to to to, uh, to invest in a, in a company in China. And today, that company is actually a major player in China, and I was able to to understand how uh, fintech can actually play a major impact in, in serving underserved needs. Af afterwards, I happened to meet Kelvin Tio. Uh, who was starting a platform in Singapore called Funding Societies mm -hmm. and uh, decided to join forces with them uh, along with uh, Reynold Wijaya, uh, who are also the founders. So, so were you uh, the catalyst for Funding Societies expanding into, into Indonesia? Uh, I would say that when Kelvin and Reynold were uh, first starting in Singapore, they had the idea of, uh, of uh, launching in Indonesia already. But I think when they met me, uh, it was when they decided that, hey, this is the right time, let's do it. I see. And, and in terms of the SME fintech landscape, you know, I, I personally have not come across um, many SME lending players. How, how would you describe sort of Modalku and Funding Society's role in sort of this P2P uh, landscape? I think overall, uh, our role is quite simple, and that is to uh, be able to to, to really crack the underserved need. And so, for example, all right, uh, uh, lack of collateral, uh, we can serve uh, SMEs and entrepreneurs without the need for collateral, uh, poor data infrastructure. We can put together uh, new data, leverage data from third parties, uh, uh, looking at data from mobile, for example, and be able to underwrite them better. Uh, we can also uh, you know, crack the mismatch of product market need, right, uh, by looking at by giving up short-term capital to them. So overall, I think our goal is to be able to crack these three uh, pain points of SMEs and be able to serve them. So, so on the topic of being able to serve uh, your borrowers uh, with with uncollateralized lending, can can you talk a little bit about how you developed that product? Sort of, what is your main product today? You know, how did you come up with sort of this differentiated value proposition versus you know both conventional SME lenders and other sort of fintech enabled lenders that might exist? So uh, broadly, we have three main products, and uh, these three products being uh, term loans, um, supply chain financing, as well as uh, uh, merchant, merchant cash advance. Uh, and, and these three products, the main goal of these products are, uh, is, is, of, is to serve without collateral requirement, 
uh, is to be able to serve uh, in speed, right? So our speed of decision is very important. We can typically approve within one or two weeks, so our banks take up to eight weeks uh, to approve SME loans and, and to serve uh, these short-term needs. So be able to differentiate and, and do that against conventional lenders is very important for us. So uh, if you take a step back as well, most fintech lenders in Indonesia are focusing mainly on micro and consumer lending, uh, less so on SME lending, as you said. Hence, our offering uh, stands out in the market uh, uh, right now. And over time, we believe that our technology and execution strength will allow us to continue uh, to improve our offerings, right? For example, uh, uh, moving our, uh, our decision speed from one or two weeks to even days or, or even minutes. Uh, in Singapore, uh, our product called FSBOT uh, can approve loans within a couple of hours. Uh, uh, and, and that is actually a record time in Singapore, uh, never achieved before by any player. Uh, so, and we believe that that is only the beginning. Uh, in fact, actually in Indonesia, we could also uh, approve e-commerce loans within one or two days. Uh, so as we, as we continue working on our technology and our execution, I'm sure we can be uh, even more differentiated uh, in the market. So in terms of your technology, a lot of folks say that SME lending, uh, particularly in places like Indonesia, where you know, data can be difficult to come by, you know, a lot of small businesses still use paper and pen to record their transaction history. And what is it about your technology, about your processes that, that allow you to execute so quickly versus the competitors, that allow you to, to sort of serve this market eventually at scale? That, that's a really good question because I think technology is what can sustain us uh, over the longer term. And I think what we have right now is actually only just 5 to 10% of the true power of technology. Uh, and and what, what, what we do is that we A, we leverage uh, uh, technology platforms, uh, e-commerce players, uh, you know, POS networks and so forth to be able to, to tap into data of, of, of merchants. And we also tap into data from uh, 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 that, that, that these uh, SMEs provide to us, right? So uh, uh, allowing them to upload documents in a very efficient and convenient way is a very uh, important uh, solution that we have. And finally, also being able to use uh, mobile technology uh, to be able to, to detect fraud, for example, and underwrite, underwrite better uh, is, uh, are three things that we, that we look at for technology. And finally, also our, our system uh, makes us different, uh, being able to allow us to, to launch any product that we want. And you know, from, from what I've heard from uh, a lot of conventional SME lenders, there's a very large hands-on approach that, that, they, that they pursue in terms of sending uh, loan officers to small businesses to, to sort of check their data um, to make sure the business actually exists. In, in terms of looking at how you scale Modalku in the long term, how do you, how do you get over some of those um, sort of barriers? So uh, in general, uh, in general, um, uh, SMEs are are a high touch uh, consumer segment, and that is uh, been around. It's been a, it's been a fact since since many years, and whereby SMEs uh, typically prefer good service. So they like to have people come to them and and, and talk to them and, and understand the business uh, before offering them any product, uh, maybe lending or, or otherwise. So so uh, our goal of uh, the goal of Modalku is to be able to uh, to uh, to bring SMEs uh, from being a high-touch segment to a lower-touch segment, uh, that being a difficult challenge. Uh, and, and I think our goal is, uh, is as, as I mentioned earlier, right, using technology. So encouraging them to apply online, apply, uh, encouraging them to, to upload documents, encouraging them to, to use 
uh, mobile to apply and so forth. These are, these are, these are all things that are, may, may sound very simple and not difficult, but in Indonesia, whereby the, uh, the financial literacy combined with digital literacy is still uh, quite uh, an early stage of, of in the market. Uh, these are very simple challenges that, have, that are quite challenging on its own. And hence, if we can crack that, we can actually do very well uh, to bring SMEs to become a low-touch segment. So as, as a startup founder and, and CEO uh, of, of this company, what is, what is the biggest thing that keeps you up? And that's, a, that's, a, that's a really good question because, uh, uh, I mean, I think, for, I think for, for a founder, there's so many things that we think about. But I think the most, the most important thing uh, is people. And mm. what I mean by people is, is, um, is that and oftentimes I always think, how can I maximize the impact of each and every individual in the team? Um, as well as whether or not the current team is able to take on challenges of tomorrow. Um, it's a very important thing because uh, each individual have come from different backgrounds of which um, to them, fintech is a new thing. Hence, uh, hence the <clears throat> uh, they each face uh, very different challenges, right? In being able to adapt to this new environment. Uh, some are new to startups, some are new to, to finance industry. Uh, hence, hence, uh, hence, the kind of the, the ability to maximize the impact, I think, is is very, very important for us. And also, uh, as, as this the, the industry moves very, very quickly, uh, whereby there are new players joining, and then there's also new regulations and then the new technologies in the industry. And I think uh, uh, whether or not uh, the, the current team can can be can adapt for the future is also very, very important. And, and how is Modalku working with, uh, say, the regulator in Indonesia to? Uh, to expand this space, uh, considering that fintech, I believe, for many regulators in the world, is still a very large question mark. Actually, that's one thing I'm really proud of uh, for Modalku, uh, because uh, since day one that we launched in uh, in in Indonesia, uh, we have had the support of the regulator, um, and and that's because uh, the 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 OJK, which is the uh, I would say the the uh, the, the the bank or the the non bank regulator of Indonesia they understand that in Indonesia uh, there is six hundred trillion of uh, rupiah of financing already served in the market. However, there is another one thousand trillion uh, that is not served in the market, and because of that, they understand the technology or fintech uh, is the way that can uh, can speed up and accelerate the process of adoption of financial uh, products, and because of that. Um, uh, they have uh, encouraged us to to to, to continue operating, uh, and and we have since been leading the the task force uh, of peer to peer lending in 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 Indonesia uh, to be able to uh, and that led to uh, the uh, development of new regulation uh, called fintech lending regulation, uh, which was published in December 2016. Uh, as of today, I would say that we we're proud to announce that we are uh, we're now officially registered. As a, as, a, as, a, as, a, as a lender uh, in the regulator. Uh, and I think they're very, they're very, very fully, fully supportive of our work. Hmm. In, in terms of the potential for, for scale for companies like Modalku, could you just give our audience a sense of, um, perhaps in dollars terms, what is that potential that you see today? And where do you think Modalku itself can be if, if you were to, if by any whatever measure of success, um, that Modalku looks at? Um, so far, uh, over two years, we have uh, dispersed about $32 million of loans across the region. Uh, and that puts us as the biggest platform in, in the region. Uh, 
but but this is only this is only thirty two million dollars is only just uh, peanuts, right? It is still it's still a beginning, uh, and 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 these numbers could go as high as as billions, uh, and uh, and when when OJK the, the regulator said you know a thousand trillion underserved that actually means like seventy over billion uh, dollars, right? In, wow. Only in Indonesia, right? And in Singapore uh, and in Malaysia where we operate, uh, the opportunity I would say is combine also around that size, right? So it's over $150 billion per annum market uh, just for SME financing and micro-financing. Uh, so, so that is actually a huge opportunity for us. Mm. And in terms of tackling all of this, what, what do you consider uh, your, your biggest achievements to date in so as as the as the largest platform in Indonesia and Southeast Asia, we have this first uh, thirty two million. Uh, beyond that, we've also done well in in three things. A being funding. Uh, as you mentioned, we secured the largest Series A uh, for a platform in the region, uh, and and funding from Sequoia helps us go a long way as a, as a platform in, in many in many ways. And and number two, talent. Right, uh, being able to secure a good mix of talent across technology, uh, uh, risk management, uh, general management, marketing, and so forth. Uh, as our leaders and managers, and, and finally risk, and, and finally risk, right? For example, despite growing fast, our uh, NPL or non-performing loans is a mere zero point zero zero four percent, less than zero point zero one percent, and a large number of our loans have actually matured, uh, given the short tenure of our loans being two months and ten months, right? Uh, so, so um, the fact that we've been we've been able to like uh, manage risk very well in a market that is considered very risky, I think, is a big achievement for us. And do you see yourself expanding beyond SME lending, say to consumer financing or uh, other types of lending? So our, our, our vision is to be a world-class uh, player for a uh, tech-driven player to, uh, uh, to, to serve SMEs in the market. Uh, and, and SMEs that includes micro entrepreneurs as well. Uh, but for now, uh, we're keen to stay away from consumer mainly because I think it's important for a startup like us at this stage to focus and do our job well. Uh, if we can do our job well uh, in, in micro SME, uh, there could be room in the future, but for now, we're just focusing uh, on this right now. In terms of focus, what is your, what would you say is your end vision for, for this platform? Whether you have to say that's five, you know, 10 years from now. Uh, so, so we have this uh, one uh, common vision in in this in, in this company across the group, and uh, that vision is is very simple: be uh, a world class tech driven uh, lender uh, for underserved SMEs in Southeast Asia. Uh, by world class, uh, truly, it just means it's a standard that we set for ourselves. We don't want to just be a a normal platform or uh, any other platform in, in the region. We we want to be a truly world class player, um, being able to set high standards in terms of hiring, in terms of technology and processes and so forth. Tech-driven because uh, it's only through technology that we can achieve the most impact to society, uh, business uh, and SME, mainly because SMEs can provide a multiplier impact on society and we consider our, our work here as social entrepreneurship as well. Hence, helping SMEs is the best way that we can achieve impact on society. Underserved because that's why we exist and, and Southeast Asia because this is the region that, that this is where we come from and this is where we want to serve as well. There's plenty of homework to be done. Uh, and we are only currently like five ten percent into the journey, but hopefully, you know, over time as we prove our work, we can truly be the world class tech driven player serving SMEs in the region. Yeah, it sounds like you're definitely doing a, quite a bit of good in the region. Um, in, in terms of the startup journey so far, what have your what have your biggest learnings been? 
So it, it's it's quite it's quite something because um, you know being you know having having been consulting and 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 working in consulting for for a few years, um, what you what you really um, uh, you you go in there as a, as the smartest person uh, you know to, to every client room or every meeting, uh, and and we all we often have this perception that you know what you know we can crack any problem uh, in the world out there uh, because we are we have the uh, the smarts as well as the frameworks and, and all that. But since starting uh, this company, um, all of us founders as well as senior team alike, uh, we all realize that we actually have blind spots. And, and, this, and this is something that I think is often overlooked in consulting, whereby we always think we can crack any issue. But you know, regardless of how many years of experience we've had, right, uh, the only way to uh, 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 the only way that we can we can do well is by overcoming blind spots that we may have because we are in a new industry. Uh, there's so much knowledge out there that we don't know about, and we have to acquire. And the only way to overcome that, those blind spots is to surround ourselves uh, with peers and advisors from different. Uh, domains and be humble enough to change our approach with new information and feedback. Uh, so being able to be humble and and do that, I think, is very difficult for for many of us uh, founders and senior team alike. And and I would say that such continuous learning has been a big theme of of my journey as well as Modalco's journey uh, so far. Uh, so so plenty of blind spots, and we try to cover them up uh, through through good peers and advisors and advice. All right. So, so, so in terms of learnings, uh, I'm sure many of our, our listeners today um, are curious about the, you know, working in emerging markets um, such as Indonesia and other parts of Southeast Asia. You know, what are some um, advice that, that you might give to, to entrepreneurs who might be interested in working in emerging markets? Um, first of all, um... I think the blind spots thing is, is so important. And emerging markets is so different from developed markets. And I'm sure uh, many, many students in Wharton uh, and elsewhere are, are, are keen to work in emerging markets. And, and I think just, just one, one big advice, right? And, and don't be afraid to make mistakes or failure or, or, or fail in some ways, because there's so many things that we don't expect uh, that might just uh, hit you on the back and say, you know what, uh, this could be a failure or this could be a, a big, big mistake. But uh, the most important takeaway is how you react to mistakes. Um, whether you're able to get clarity of thought uh, in in the different issues that are coming in your way, uh, maybe about around growth, uh, around uh, risk, you know, even business risk or operational risk, anything that you face, uh, or even around uh, strategy or, or communication. Uh, just being able to get clarity is so important, and to get a lot of advice from people. And to be able to act quickly, like I think the, the bias for action is very important as a startup founder. In that, regardless of of what what contacts you face, being able to act quickly on the right information is extremely important. Uh, so, um, regardless of all the kind of uh, things that you may face in emerging markets, whereby you know a lot of imperfect information, imperfect uh, journey, a lot of humps and so forth, uh, don't be afraid to make mistakes and learn from it. Okay, thank you for that. And in terms of uh, advice, general advice for MBA students, you know, is is there anything that you would uh, tell the audience uh, related to startups or otherwise? <laughs> uh, so yeah, uh, for sure. So I, I think I have a message to the uh, the Southeast Asian and Indonesian MBA students. Uh, uh, well, I would encourage them to return to Southeast Asia uh, to make an impact. <laughs> I think this is the this is the perfect timing. 
uh, uh, you know, Kevin yourself as well. I, I, <laughs> uh, I think you've been around the region for quite a while. It's, it's, a, it's a good time to be back in, in the region because uh, the technology space is moving very, very, very rapidly. Uh, there's a lot of in, in interest in the region right now. Uh, there's also a, a pretty good uh, corporate slash, uh, um, um, you know, uh, uh, government support and infrastructure uh, for many initiatives in the region. Uh, so uh, it's a good time to be back in Southeast Asia. So, 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 so come back and make an impact in any venture or any work that you're in. And uh, when you come back, feel free to stop by, stop by our, our office uh, to have a chat. Uh, I'd love to host you and, and, and you know, uh, and learn more about Wharton and, 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 and the MBA program. Uh, thank you very much for that, Ewan. We'll, we'll definitely consider taking you up on your offer. Um, and, and thank you for being uh, with us here today. That, that concludes our uh, Wharton FinTech podcast.